back, everyone, to another episode of CC Football Podcast. Back here today again with Clay. And actually, we have a second Clay joining us as well. Clay Troyer from Tottenham Talk is back again with us. How are you doing today, Clay? Not too bad. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, of course. We loved having you last time. Hopefully, we can do it many more times. But we got a special episode today where a lot of instant reactions today because we all just got done watching the Champions League games. Plus, we're going to react to some of the Premier League games from earlier this week. A lot to talk about, but first, we'll start, as always, with our our classic Who Am I? Clear right, what are we doing today? Right, so when we had Hamat on the, on the show probably about a month ago now, we did the bottom half of the table team, so now we're just going to do the flip of that, and we're going to do the top half of the table teams, plus Villa, because Craig insists that we include Villa in the top half, so... Um, so we're doing top 10 plus Villa. So I guess top 11 and as like the eligible players to be pulled from and right. So if you guys don't remember the way we're going to do this with three people is that one person is going to be given the clue. And then each of the other two people will have one guess each per round. Right. And then the obvious person that gets the points. So who wants to kick it off? Clay Troy, you give us so just so you can see how it works. You can give us your person first. Okay, all right. Start off. Don't give us the person. Yeah, give us a clue. What's the first clue, Clay? Oh, it's uh, the first clue is age. So you have to give us your player's age. Alrighty. All right. So my player is twenty-three years old. All right. So obviously the first uh, clue doesn't give away too much, but we know he's a youngster. (laughs) Um, Craig, do you want want me to go first on this, on this clue, I guess? Uh, yeah, you can go. All right. I'm 23 year old in the top half of the table. Hmm. I wonder what the odds are that we choose the same player. Um, but anyways, 23 year old, man, I'm going to guess. Oh, okay. I'm going to guess Fofana, Craig's golden boy from Leicester. Do I let Craig go first and then tell you if you're right? No, no, you, oh, you, you let us know. Nope, nope. All right, good, good, good. I think he's younger. I think he's um, 23. Oh, boy. No one's really hopping out at me. <laughs> 23 years old. Um, maybe, <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm going to guess Mason Mount, but I think he's only like 22. Nope. I think he's, yeah. All right. All right. Next Over one. two. So the next clue is position. All right. He's a winner. Wait, no, let's do, let's do, let's do, since we have so many teams to pick from. So it's a little bit harder. Let's let's do Clay the one the one that we did with Hamad as well. Let's do the first team that they played for. That'll give it away. Oh will it? Okay. All right, fine. Scrap it. Scrap well, it. Well, I mean what's technically next? if you're including their youth career. No, 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 no. What's what's okay. the next clue, Clay? The next clue is their position. Winger. All right. Craig, you go first on this one. Twenty three year old winger. I guess you guys might not know the team he used to play for. But we know the player, right? <laughs> yeah. 
23 year old winger. Um, how old is Pulisic? He's around there, same age 21, 22, 23. Is that your guess? Yeah, I'll go with, with Pulisic. It is not Pulisic. All right, I think that I have a strong guess here. We were talking about this guy earlier before we started recording. Clay was no way. not his biggest fan. I think he's around that age. Is it Steven Bergvine? It is. I, oh, I am a fan. No. I am a fan How of did you pick him? He just hasn't had the best season. So, yeah. Oh, I best thought of him too, him. and I was like, no way Clay's going to pick him. Would you guys have <laughs> known that he, was, he played for PSV? Uh, I would have. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but it's okay. So I get four points from that because I got it on Clue. Two and now that actually brings our uh, our running total to I have 38 points throughout the year. Craig has 33, Hamad has four, and Clay has zero because he hasn't. (laughs) I just Clay, I just went to PSV Stadium yesterday, actually. Well, just to the outside, yeah, from the outside. I didn't get to everything's closed, so I didn't get to go inside. But oh, I can't believe you picked Steven Bergwine. (laughs) Oh. It's okay. It's okay. All right. Now you know how it works, Clay. So I'm going to give my player next. All right. All right. So my player, he's also a youngster, but he's even younger. He is 20 years of age. So one of you guys, let's have Craig guess first. 20? 20. Mm, Reese James. Incorrect. Why am I only guessing Chelsea players? I think I've guessed three Chelsea players in a row. <laughs> I can't even think it's actually 20. Mm. He's a youngin. A wee little lad. Top half. Foden? Is it Foden? He's older. He's older, isn't he? Not I'm going Foden. To Foden, sure. Not Foden, no. Yeah, I think. All right, well, I think he's 21. You had the position right. He is an attacking midfielder. Although Foden does move around, but this player is an attacking midfielder who's 20 years old. A 20 year old attacking midfielder. Right, so Clay goes first this time. Yep. I don't know. This is tough. This is a tough. This is a tough player to get, but you guys definitely know. He, spe- he specifically plays attacking midfielder. Yes. Uh, Curtis Jones. He's not twenty, is he? He is. I think he's a little bit older, and that is incorrect. Ugh. Craig. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of, but. Because you said attacking midfielder, Curtis kind of plays. He's a midfielder. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. He's more of like a box to box guy. And I wish you played today. All right, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> Twenty-year-old attacking midfielder. Wow. I'm blank. Oh. No, but truly, he's older than twenty. Yeah, he's got to be. He's like, he's like, yeah, early twenties. Yeah, he's definitely older than twenty. 
I was gonna say I was gonna say Odegaard, but I think he's definitely older than twenty. He's been alarmed. I've been hearing his name for so long. Well, he's been around since he was like fifteen. So like that's true. Maybe oh yeah, I'll go for him because I don't have any other better guesses. Odegaard. Close but incorrect. Close. Whoa, what do you mean? What do you mean close? Well, I was <laughs> gonna say close. You guys can take that. Out of the- <laughs> All right, nationality. He is English. Ooh. 20 year old English attacking mid in the top half what? of the Prem. This is a tough one. Weird. Can't be that tough because he's a young English attacking mid. You've got to know him. He kind of just burst onto the scene this year as more of a no- more prominent player. Oh, I gotta go first. Um, oh, oh! I know it. I know it. I know who it is. It's my turn, right? Yep. Is it Mr. Emil Smith Rowe? Yes, it is. It yeah. Is oh, that was That's a good, a good one. one. That was a good one. That was a good yeah, one. That was a that was a tougher a tougher clue, but you ended up getting in clue three, which is good. So. Uh, three points to you. I got zero points. I know this is tough. This is tough, but you have another chance when Craig gives his player. True. All right, Craig, who you got? All right, <coughs> I am going to go for. I'm trying to see which of my two players I want to go for. Um, let's choose one of them. Okay, sorry, it's a big decision. All right, I'll go for, I'll go for this guy. <clears throat> he is thirty-one years old. Thirty-one. There's no way. Thirty-one. All right. Um, let's see here. Sissoko. Sissoko is not correct. Dang it. Is Sissoko thirty-one? I think so. Right, he or might be. Might be 32. Jeez, I did not realize how old he was. Let me think here. Yeah, he's 31. Wow. Yeah. I think this guy that I'm thinking of is a little bit too young, but I'm going to guess James Rodriguez. Oh, no, 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 no. He's younger. He's younger. Um, no, it's not James. All right, what's my next clue? Position. Position. Um, he is a, it says forward, which I think, yeah, yeah, that's what he is. He's a forward. Hamas is 29, by the way. So you weren't that far off. Yeah. I thought he was like, I thought he was like 27. Um, yeah, he's a forward. He plays forward. I know. I know who it is. Well, it's my you know who it is? Aubameyang. I thought he was... <laughs> It's, it's not. That's okay. I go first. No, it, was, it was clear right turn. But oh, Obama, sorry. Obama, it's fine. No, no. I want to hear if this was right. It's the wrong answer. Dang it. Oh, I know. Okay. I think I have a good one. I think Craig was yeah. saying it says forward because this player used to play at a different position or like he plays around the around the pitch, you know? I said Obamian because he's like an outside winger kind of. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. I could see that. I'm going to go with. Uh, Antonio, Mikhail Antonio. Mm. 
It's the right answer. Oh my wow. god! How did you guess, Antonio? Dude, it's all about the little clues. The clue within the clue. Yeah, I jumped that's the gun on that one. <laughs> and I know Craig's been uh, riding West Ham really hard recently. So, um, of course I have. Of course you have. They're the un- they're the underdogs. Yeah, he says as a Man U fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're the underdogs. Who who doesn't want to see them? Well, I chose an underdog team to support. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to jump into some weekend recap of the Prem because it's really hard to skip this right now because there was some really influential games that occurred over the weekend. Um, first of which that we're going to talk about, Liverpool versus Villa. So Liverpool mm. finally take three points from from home, and it took Trent scoring a, a really nice goal in, in added time, I think. Um, but Yeah, it was. Like 90 yeah. second minute, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was a, like that. I really sure. thought. I mean, I was watching the game obviously as a Liverpool fan, and I really thought that I was starting to accept that we we're going to draw again and drop some more points. Um, yeah, it was like five straight losses or something up until that point at home. Yeah, but we didn't, so that's great. Uh, you know, actually, I, you know, I thought that VAR was going to strike again and take more points off after another player was apparently a toenail offsides. Uh, yeah, the Jota offside. Yeah, man, I just really gotta say the VAR offsides is yeah, really it's, bothers it's me. Kind of disappointing. I mean, like you look at the rule. The reason the rule was made, like historically, was so people didn't cherry pick, you know. And now it's like coming mm-hmm. down to something that humans can't control. And it's like if if the human eye can't see it, then like with the refs, then I feel like. I don't know. It's a little yeah. tough. In my I feel opinion. like VAR in theory is a good idea. You know, if there's an obvious error, but if you have to like take out these measuring sticks and arbit kind of arb- I mean, there's really not any consistency as to where they place the lines either, like on the player's body. So, um, like if you have to go to this minute detail, you're not really gaining that much of a competitive advantage as to if you were. A oh yeah, not at all. Line, you know. Um, yeah, if it's like honestly. Yeah, honestly, I don't have any. I don't have an issue with them bringing out the measuring six to use your words. Um, the issue is just the fact that like they're they're bringing it out and then disallow. They're bringing it out and you, like you said, Clay, it's so imprecise because it relies on so many human factors. Like humans, a human is pausing the camera at a moment that he decides is the moment when the ball leaves a foot, even though he doesn't. Like if it was a millisecond earlier, he might have been a millimeter onside. Um, but the fact is if he's a millimeter offside, they're still judging him to be offside. Um, and like you said, even the area on the shirt, like sometimes it could be a little bit imprecise. Um, and so for me, the issue is just that because I understand why, I mean, if you're going to make a rule like offsides or offside, sorry, if you're going to make a rule like offside, you have to have like, you, it has to be like pretty close to black and white. And like, even if it seems like sometimes silly, like that's just how that rule has to work. If you want the rule to be in place, it has to be like even if it's close, like you're offside. That's the only way to work. I don't know about that because there's a lot of other rules that are pretty like you know that are not as black and white, and we don't seem to have the issues with before. Like what? I mean, like a foul. Like you can't really black and white define every single instance of how a foul could occur, but you just know. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Foul. But this is 
but this is very different. Offside and off the offside rule is very different than just like a regular foul rule, because it literally, like you're saying, it's a very literal rule that says that you can't be behind the last defender, and so that rule has like the only the only thing that I think is that there should be because of the human. If there was no human error, I think that um, like 100% rule a goal offside for a millimeter because you know it's right and like you have to be black and white. But the thing is, we don't know that it's right. That's why there needs to be a margin of error, like how much ever both ways. That's what I think is that like if you're within, if you're, if you weren't called offside, but then VAR shows you're offside by like whatever, like three millimeters or something, then they still count the goal because they admit that like we can't judge it to that accuracy with the current level of technology. That's what my issue is. Yeah, I agree. There's definitely room for improvement but, there. But, but getting back to the game. Yeah. It was no great, great performance by Liverpool, or definitely a great result at the very least. Because, I mean, that's all. Honestly, that's just exactly what Liverpool needed. And if you know, if they hadn't won, I think it would have been too late. I think last game they needed to kick on um, if they wanted to have any chance of of like getting top four. Because a lot of the other teams around them are are still performing. I mean, West Ham we were just talking is a great example. We'll talk about them in a second. Um, but so. They really needed to win that game, and they pulled it out in kind of like old school, not old school, but Liverpool of last year's style, pulling it out in the last minute when all hope seemed lost. Um, and then Trent, that was a big, big goal for him because he was dropped from the England squad. What were your thoughts on that, Clay? Yeah, I mean, I think that right. um, really I uh, I don't think that he was dropped from the England squad because of his doubts about his attacking abilities so i mean it was great to see him put in a a, great, a magnificent goal and get honestly win us the game um but what i thought was even more impressive that he was actually relatively solid at the back um i know that we'll talk about the madrid game but in the first leg he did have a pretty big error that ended up costing us a goal and Vinicius jr ate him alive um in the first leg of the madrid game but um, so that's a little bit more disheartening to see, but all in all, I mean, you can't really knock a guy for scoring a goal in the 92nd minute and winning a game. So, especially when he's apparently fighting for his England spot right before yeah. the major tournament. Personally, I think it's absurd that he's like, has to, has to be fighting for this England spot right now. Like somehow Southgate trusts Pickford still, but Trent has like a, a couple months stretch where the rest of his back line is like 18 year olds and he's being ostracized for that. Yeah. You know, and Pickford still is number one. Like, come on, man. Come on. Like, if you if anyone watches Jordan Pickford throughout the past year in the club matches, they know he is not he should not be England's number one keeper. You know, there's there's Dean Henderson and Nick Pope are much better options. I mean, they're young, they are playing better, like it's but then you take a guy like Trent who has proved himself as a youngster for what three years now, you have an incredible opportunity to give him so much experience for the Euros this summer. And they I don't know. I think that's kind of a little annoying in my opinion. I'm not even a Liverpool fan, but I agree. It'd be I one mean, of those things where Southgate's trying to light a fire under him, you know? Exactly. And yeah. I think it almost did because you can see that he was yeah. really, he exactly. was really up to the game. Maybe he's, maybe he's a genius, you know? Yeah, maybe he is. Maybe he is. Um, but well, here's the thing. Oh. Well, I was just going to say, here's the thing. I, I obviously, I, I mean, you know me, I definitely agree with you on the whole Pickford situation. Um, but when it comes to Trent, I, I don't know. I'm glad. I, I kind of agree also, Clay, with what you said originally. Like, 
the problem was never his attacking skills. And honestly, I know Southgate's been getting a lot of hate since he dropped him, but I kind of see his perspective a little bit. Not because I don't think Trent's good. Like he's one of the best fullbacks or one of the best right backs, if not the best right back in the world or in Europe right now. Um, but the problem is like when you're a manager, you got to look at what you have right as a team. And first of all, if you look back, I mean, everyone knows that England has an almost like an embarrassment of Richards at right back. Um, they have, you know, Walker, Trippier, Trent, Juan Bissaka, Reese James coming through, and then a couple of other youngsters who are like trying to break through now. And so it's like a heavily concentrated position. And Kyle Walker, Kieran Trippier, who have also been like world-class right backs for a while now, have been dropped in the past because of because they haven't had good performances for their club. And Southgate hasn't played. He's dropped them because there's so much competition. That's just how it is when you have a top team, right? Like even like the Man United to fold or like even, um, well, I guess Liverpool hasn't had too much depth recently, but like Man City is a great option. Like if, if there's a player who's not performing, even if he's a really good player, when there's so much, so many people competing for that spot, it's hard to justify keeping that player on. So that's the first part. But the second part is also that like, because Trent, his weakness is defense, that's what counts against him because England almost don't really need the attacking help. For example, Liverpool rely so much on their wingbacks because, don't get me wrong, they have a world-class front three um, and really good midfielders, but even their midfield over the last few years is more of like a solid midfield than like an exciting... It's not England's midfield. It's not, it's not Foden and Grealish and Mason Mount playing in midfield just with like Declan Rice behind them or something, right? It's like it's Jordan Henderson and, um, and Wijnaldum and Fabinho. Um, who are like all great players, but they're relying on the wing backs to like get up. England don't need to rely on their outside backs as much. And so if, uh, how do I say this? If I look at it, I don't think the difference between Reese James, I think is a great example, or even Kyle Walker or Trippier, they're all really, really good right backs going forward. Like we're forgetting that they're all very good at going forward. They're not at Trent's level. Of course, Trent's like better than all of them. But is the difference between the attacking level that they provide and Trent provides, is that um, like, is that that much of a drop-off to account for like the massive drop-off that you get by, you know, in Trent's defending? Because I do really think he's, he's not a great defender. And so right. that's why I really, I do see Southgate's perspective on I it. Mean, but like, I would say that like, okay, his, his defending is not like calamitous, not like the worst defending ever. You know, he's a competent defender when he is, is surrounded by, competent defenders on his back line and also like you said he's one of if not the best right backs in the world right now i mean if you're a manager you got to find attacking right backs you got to find a way to put those players in like if they're one of the best at what they do you got to put them in your squad and and find out a way to to fit them in there but yeah i mean it's it, it is really tough because you know ever as well documented that england have a lot of options there so we'll see what they end up doing coming this summer, but moving on, I guess we'll touch quickly on city losing to Leeds. You know, Leeds can always catch you off guard for a game. They have Liverpool on Monday. So hopefully they don't catch Liverpool off guard. Um, Craig, do you think that the title race is over? Yeah. I mean, I know people are saying, or some people are getting excited for no reason at all, because oh, if United win their game in hand, they're only eight points off City, blah, blah, blah. It's happened in the past, um, and the team has won the league, but I just, I'm not. I, I mean, City are 
way too strong. I think that, you know, they cycled out, they rested a few players because of Champions League. Um, and they did progress in Champions League, so maybe they'll have to do that again, but they can afford to do it. And I, I think this was just a blip. Um, I I have no, the title race is over for me. But but if somehow United end up or like City drop some points and United come back and win the league, like this this would be massive. Like it would go down in history as like one of the greatest leagues because it, it's, it depends on the is if it comes down to the last day and United come back to win it in a similar manner because apparently Aguero, or the, the Aguero goal from 2012, when City won it that year, um, they were in an almost identical situation six, uh, six games to go to the end of the season when United were ahead. And so if that exact same thing repeats in the opposite way um, for United to come back and win it, then obviously it would be massive. But I would say there's less than 1% chance that that actually happens. Yeah, Clay, do you think interesting to see? It'll be interesting to see. Like, I too think the race is over, but I think Pep and his team are going to prioritize Champions League, even if that means losing a game here and there in the Prem, because that was Pep's that's Pep's biggest hurdle, right? He to win the Champions League with City. Um, you know, he's had the squad to do it. He hasn't been able to do it time and time again. This year is probably his best bet right now. Um, so I, you know, you never know. I mean, obviously, I think it's I think it's over because I think United's biggest uh, focus right now is also Europa League, um, not the league because they're sitting comfortable in second. But I mean, it depends on what I guess all they wants and the team wants if they want to try and make a push for that spot. But it could almost be irrelevant to do that and sacrifice Europa. So I, yeah, I think it's definitely done. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but it would be fun to see a little bit of drama heading into the end of the season, but we, we probably will have some with the top four race, but definitely oh, yeah. one game that, you know, had a lot of big top four implications was West Ham beating Leicester three, two. Um, Clay, what do you think about that game? And what does it mean going forward? Um, that's a good question. Uh, what do I think about it? I think that Leicester always kind of does this at the end of every season. It seems like mm. they put themselves in such a good spot and then they just like fall asleep. I don't know what it is. Um, it's kind of like how Spurs they're up at a game at halftime and then like second half it's almost <laughs> inevitable that they're going to blow it uh, it's kind of like that <clears throat> you just know what's going to happen so I'm not really surprised that West Ham beat them but I, <clears throat> watching that game I ha- I'm not going to lie I had a little bit of a hope that Leicester would come back and do West Ham like West Ham did us earlier in the season Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that would have made me feel a little bit better I did think that I did have that in my mind better, when I was but, watching. um yeah, I mean, it's a great game. You look at, I saw a tweet the other day about who should be manager of the year, and it's got to be David Moyes, right? Like, no, what he's done with this West Ham team is absolutely incredible. The belief he's instilled in them, the, you know, it's like every week we've been like, oh, West Ham will drop off, West Ham will drop off, West Ham, but they haven't, you know, and they're continuing to fight for that. And if they just stay consistent, which is the most important thing, especially in these last few games, then it's a no brainer that they'll get top four and teams like Spurs and maybe Chelsea, maybe Leicester, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll miss out. So. Yeah. I mean, and you know, Jesse Lingard, maybe he's one of the best loan January loan signings ever, especially in recent memory. I've never seen signing of the season. Definitely. I mean like the impact that he's had and the tangible stats that he's produced is just insane, you know, and 
it really is going to be interesting to see what United are going to do with him over the, when he comes back um, over the summer, if they're going to be able to find a place to fit him in the squad or if they're going to try to cash in on him after what might be, what might be a fluke run of form or it might be like, Oh, this guy's actually really, really good. Right. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what Ole wants to do there. Cause I mean, we got to say he's not going to replace Bruno in the lineup. So like, where is he going to fit in? Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think yeah, he should go back to United personally. I don't think so either. I think that, I mean, he's found a great place at West Ham and maybe the, this might be a season where they're people would say they're overachieving a little bit, but even if they are, like if they regress a little bit next year, they would still be a really good team. And he would be one of the key players on a really good team as opposed to rotting in United's reserves forever. Yeah. 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 I mean, clearly he's found his feet again. And I would say actually, if he, if West Ham like go on to actually get top four, then he definitely, like you said, Clay Troy, definitely he would be one of the signings of the season. Probably not the signing just because Ruben Diaz has kind of had that nailed down. Um, especially if City win the league, he's going to be signing of the season for sure because I don't know he because he win the league. It's, it's still expected, even if you don't sign Ruben Diaz for City to win yeah, the I league. I kind of agree. But just the amount of overachievement, like you would probably aggressively, when you rank out the teams in, in the Prem before the year, you would probably say West Ham are going to be mid, mid-table, somewhere around there. Mm. The fact that they're 31 games in, they're in the top four, looking like they might have a – I mean, right now, if the season ended today, they'd be in the Champions League, you know, just the amount of That's true. overachievement that they've had. No, he's been – yeah, don't get me wrong. He's been – I mean, he's been brilliant. What is it, like eight goals and four assists in nine games or something crazy like that? And the thing is, we all knew – or I mean, at least people who watched him before, like, always knew that this is what he had in him. Um, he, you know, he went through a lot of personal things and he had a lot of issues off the field, which, and then he stopped performing. And then, like we said earlier, sometimes when you're playing for a team that has a lot of depth or that has other people at that position, if you stop performing for a little bit, then you lose your position. And if those people perform, i.e. Bruno, um, you're never going to get your position back. And so that's kind of what happened with him. He did. He, he did. I don't think he played a minute of Premier League football up until he went to West Ham. Um, so I unfortunately, I, he's one of my favorite players for United since I've been, you know, a really big United fan for the last how many ever years. He's he's been one of my favorite players. But I think I agree with with you both that it's probably best for both parties for him to to move on. Um, you know, right now just because because Bruno's still there. And he would just find it hard. Not not only that, I mean, look at Van de Beek, for example. I mean, brilliant, brilliant player who we just bought for like 40, 50 million. Um, who, I mean, Madrid were looking to sign him. So some of the biggest teams were looking to sign him. He was playing, he was, you know, he was a key player in taking his team like far in the Champions League for the last few seasons. And he had barely seen the field. Um, and so it's not easy to, to play in United's midfield. And so it's probably best for him to, to move on. But yeah, United has got a strange go. track record of uh, doing that to some players. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, um, but but yeah, let's let's talk about the game. Well, part of the reason why we brought Clay on because we want to hear his ins- not so instant reaction to the Tottenham United game. Uh, tough loss for Tottenham. Great win for Clay, uh, for Craig's United. Uh, I'm just gonna leave it between <laughs> you guys. I'll let you battle it out. I know Craig was rubbing some salt in the wounds earlier, so. I was not. I was not rubbing any salt. 
I was not um, having any salt. Yeah, Clay, what do you go you go first? What 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 are your thoughts? My thoughts. Um my thoughts are that I'm very worried. I'm very, very worried about my club. Um I'm very worried about the players there, about the mentality, about the overall feeling I get when I watch them. Uh you know, it's almost every aspect and I don't want to be so dramatic about it, but you know, the reason when I, you know, over a decade ago, when I started watching Spurs and started really supporting them, the reason I did so was because of the feeling that you got when you watched Spurs, it was like none other, you know, you'd, it was just, it was Spurs, you know, and it, no matter who we were playing, no matter what, who was in the midfield, no matter the, who the players were, you know, there was always going to be a fight because that's just what Spurs were, you know, and they always went for the glory, you could say, and that's cheesy, you know, but that's their slogan. And that's, that's part of their, their saying, you know, and it's really their club, their club motto, you know, Adere Esfacheri, to dare is to do. And it sounds so cheesy, but that is not what this Tottenham team is doing right now. And, and, you know, there's a million things you could blame it on. You can blame it on Levy and Enoch because over 20 years, they only have one title and you haven't really seen significant growth, but then you could argue that, well, if you look at the stadium and the plans that Tottenham has as a club in terms of creating financial stability, you know, they're miles ahead of where they were when Enoch took over. But then you look at the lack of ambition it seems to ha- they seem to have when signing players and doing the right thing for the team at the time. Um, it's tough. You know, we were just labeled as in the top 10 richest clubs. And I can, I, that, that is almost mind blowing because really like, Tottenham has no money, you know, yeah. uh, we were, I think yeah. it said the, where I don't, I don't know the list. So the, the, you know, you never know the source, but um, it, they had us listed above clubs like uh, Inter and Juventus, which is crazy, wow. you know? Um, so us, for us to sit here and use financials as an excuse for every season, why we're not doing well, because we can't afford to spend, we can't afford to do this, which I don't think we can afford to, but, why not? You know, why, why not? What's that reason? Um, so then looking at the game directly, I honestly have no feeling towards the <laughs> overall performance. I'm pretty numb to that. Uh, like Clay said the other day, or Clay said earlier, um, he was expecting Liverpool to lose and then they pulled it out. I'm at the other end of the spectrum now. I'm expecting us to not, or to, to maybe this will be the change. This will be the game where we turn it around. You know, this will be the the chance where we finish this this will be the second half where we close it out and we can't seem to do it uh i think the stat is something like we're second or third in the league in first half results but we're something like 10th or 11th in the Mm. league in second half results and that's just horrible you know anyone in any sporting world doesn't have to be soccer or football you know it's if you can't finish out the game you can't win. You're not going to be a winning team. You're not going to be a successful team. And that's what we have right here. So I'm at a really tough spot right now because, you know, there's rumors that Harry Kane said he's going to leave if we don't get top four. And if Harry Kane leaves, uh, it's going to be devastating for the club. And, you know, you could say, well, we'll get 150 mil. Why not just go buy Holland? You know, and if we could do that, then we'll be fine. And I'd be happy with that. But well, that's not going to happen. Why would Holland want to come to Spurs right now? <laughs> Yeah, you know? that's a tough um, sell. I mean, even when, he, especially when he can go to any club he, he wants. Can go to any club, and right. you know, the only the only positive or advantage we might have right there is if we would have the money. While all the other clubs are struggling with COVID, they wouldn't be able to afford 
Holland's 110, whatever price tag, but we would, because we just sold Kane for 150. So, um, you know, it's tough. And, 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 and I hope to see some of that ambition out of Levy. And I, I, I honestly think one of the biggest issues is our recruiting at Spurs. Um, Levy wouldn't be willing to spend an extra 10 mil on Bruno Fernandez one summer, the next summer, an extra 10 mil on Ruben Diaz when he buys other players and that, that, that don't see the field that are, are kind of not worthless, but they're pointless signings. And just to say that we signed seven players, you know, and it's tough, you know, is this Jose's fault? I don't think Jose's helping. I don't think Jose has a plan for club for the club. Tottenham is a club that needs a plan. Like Pochettino always had a plan for us, which is why we saw success under him um, in terms of the club's growth and club expectations, fan expectations. But yeah, that's a lot, but it's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, it's not time. Yeah. To I think, I, I think Jose, I think Jose has a plan, but I don't think it's the right plan for Tottenham. And that's what I was, I think I was telling you Clay Troy earlier. Yeah. It's like when I, when I think of Tottenham, I think of like the, the classic meme that you see on Twitter where like the front of the car is like a Lamborghini and then the middle is like, like whatever, or like a RAV4. And then the bottom, the back of the car is like some dilapidated old car. And it's like some team and it's like attack midfield defense. And like, the problem is like, that's what Mourinho has. And Mourinho would be the perfect coach for a team that was the exact opposite. That was like Lamborghini in the back. Um, and then like, whatever, just a horrible car up front because he, he knows, he knows how to, you know, keep a team or if a team has good, has good defensive stability and organized and mentality, he knows how to use that team to go nick a goal and then defend. He knows how to get results. He knows how to win trophies. He might still win a trophy this season. That's first. Um, the problem is that strategy doesn't work when your defense isn't good. And that's, in my opinion, that's for his biggest issue right now. Is you know, the defense. I, I they have see, so I, much attacking talent. I, I, I see that's so many people's arguments is that our defense is so, so bad. And I just, it's not, not so, so bad. No, I know. But like, that's, that's the argument. Right. And I don't, I don't believe that. I don't think our defense is as bad as they are showing everyone they are, you know, as bad as they're playing. And that has a lot to do with the coaching staff and the managers. And I'm not saying that it's Jose's fault that our defenders can't mark, but there's gotta be something to be said for switching the back line up almost every single match for switching it up. You know, we, we had one of, we had the best defensive record in the league for until Christmas, you know? And it's like, yeah. obviously the players are good enough to do that. Something switched off, something clicked off. And I'm not sure what that is, but knowing Jose's track record, he has a tendency to get under the skin of some of the players in a negative way when it doesn't work out to light a fire under them. Like, like we've seen, but then, but then adding on to that, you know, yes, we have a Lamborghini up front, but we have a lot of subs on the bench that need to be used, but aren't being used either. You know, if we make a, it's one, one against United and we sub in Sissoko. What is that tactical play? You know, Oh, let's defend this tie. No, you know, that's when you sub in Lamella or that's when you sub in Bale, but Bale gets subbed in in what the 80th minute, 82nd minute, something like that. It's too when late. you're losing. It's too late. It's too late. You know, and, and where's Delhi at? You know, I mean, there's so yeah. many questions you have to ask Jose here. And, you know. Well, that's the exact that's the exact reason that I'm saying that. Like, I agree with you. It's not that the defense is so, so bad. But the thing is that 
any defense that's not brilliant will will look bad if they're forced to defend for that much of the game. And so, like the the thing is that like I don't know when if that's going to be Mourinho's game plan to you know defend that much or like get a lead and then just defend it the rest of the time. I mean, you need to have like brilliant defenders to do it. And I don't think Tottenham to be to be honest, I don't think Tottenham have like brilliant defenders. I oh think yeah, they have of course good, they don't. Of course they don't. Yeah, I think they have solid defenders and the. Tottenham's defense would look, in my opinion, a whole lot better if they were playing attacking football because they wouldn't. They would have more of the ball. They would be attacking more, but they're just being forced to defend so much more. So there's more opportunity for them to mess up. It's not any different um, than uh, than Liverpool right now. It's the same thing with Trent. I mean, Trent's not a worse defender this season um, than he he has been in previous seasons. He didn't like suddenly get much worse at defending. But because he had Van, well, it's different because Van Dyke was doing defending. But the difference is the whole team at Liverpool were like getting up front because they didn't have to worry about the back. And when you have more opportunity to get attacked, then, you know, you look worse in defense. And so that's what that's what's happening with Spurs because Mourinho wants them to defend. But yeah, I don't know. So what do you think, Clay? What do you think needs to change? If you could change one thing, would you change the manager? Well, it's tough because realistically, I'd say yes, I'd change the manager. Um... But if we sack him right now, it's 35 mil. It'll cost us 35 mil. And that is a lot of money for Tottenham. Um, Especially so, when right. they're a team that doesn't want to spend the money. Exactly. So a lot of the arguments right now are, are we going to wait till the summer? Would you rather sack Jose now, get a new manager in, maybe get top four, but probably not going to be able to sign any players or any meaningful players? Um, or would you rather let Jose on and maybe sign one or two players? It's tough. Um but also to your point, Craig, about Jose's play style, having watched every single match and every single pre and post-match conference, I don't, I'm not convinced Jose has a style he wants to play with this Tottenham squad. You have seen him play uh, defensively, like you said, um, with a low line of pressure, uh, which we succeeded at earlier in the season. You have seen him play three in the back with attacking wingbacks. That didn't work. You have seen him play attacking football. I mean, we, we had possession on you guys in the first half. And you saw the line. It was it was a high line, um, and it was working. So what happens at halftime? Does he just say, "All right, sit back and defend now"? I'm not buying yes. that. I'm not. No, buying not that. at halftime. Not at halftime. It happens when you take the lead. That's what it's happened the whole season. Play. Yeah, but like you look at halftime, and you look at like the the talks in the in the the locker room that you saw in the all or nothing Tottenham Hotspur, and. You see Jose say, guys, one goal is not enough. We need to score. We need to score. We need to score. And it's like, is he just saying that for the camera? I'm so confused, you know, because what, what, he, what you hear him saying is not what the team's doing. And I, it's so hard, you know. I, I'd say the biggest issue right now is <clears throat> team mentality, which you'd say Jose might, would probably be the best man for that job. He's such a winning manager. But mm. uh, I, I think the sooner we get Jose out, the better it is for Tottenham. But the, but the issue is then it has to be the exact right appointment for Tottenham. We cannot afford yeah. to go through two or three managers again like we did before we found Podge. Um, no, so I agree. It's 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 a really scary time right now for Tottenham. Yeah, I just don't think it's a good fit. I like I like Jose. I like well, I, well, I don't like Tottenham that much. But I I Tottenham's a really good team and Jose's and. I mean, just a brilliant manager. I just don't think they're a good fit. Um, but I hope both parties, you know, find find a better fit in the future. Definitely. 
I guess we could, uh, before moving on to Champions League, I guess we could. Tottenham are definitely the main thing to talk about because, like you said, Clay, there's, I don't know. It could be, the future could be, the near future could be bleak unless something like changes. But on the other side of that game, United had a very good, especially a very good second half performance. Like you mentioned, Clay, first half, um, I mean, Tottenham, you said they had possession. I, I think both teams played fine in the first half, but Tottenham, you know, had, had a great goal. There was obviously the whole controversy. We've already discussed all that. We don't need to waste more time uh, debating the debating the, the disallowed goal or VAR or anything like that. But United had a really, really good performance and, like, so many bright spots. Um, Cavani, I think, to me, really showed, like, his class. And it was, for me, I just... People always say about strikers, oh, or people have always said like, oh, you know, the world-class strikers, they just they just have that instinct. You know, you can see them making those runs. They know when to be. They just they seem to be at the right place at the right time, blah, blah, blah. But it's actually, people say it about Kane as well. And to be honest with you, I didn't, even being a soccer player and everything, I didn't fully actually understand like what that meant until this season. And just seeing the difference between like, like when Cavani's on the field, there's just, there's so much more opportunity for us to create chances. If you look, at, if you look back at the game, Clay, our first goal, the disallowed goal, great ball from Pogba, but it's because Cavani made that run and then he finished. Totally. Our goal to, our goal to tie it up, um, Cavani again makes the run, great save by Hugo, and then Fred taps it in. The, our goal to take the lead, Cavani into the box, header, diving header, like gets, it, and then the third goal, Mason Greenwood scored a brilliant goal. But like, what you know? What would United have done that game without Cavani? It would have been very, very different. We would have relied much more on like the classic, same as Tottenham, like counterattacking. We would have relied on Rashford and Greenwood, like running down the wings, and like, like it's just brilliant what he adds to the team. Lots of bright spots. He was just one of them. Um, Pogba, Greenwood. Um, I could I could talk about quite a few players, but um, yeah, two sides of the coin there. But hopefully Tottenham can see the okay. other side of the coin sooner. <laughs> So yeah, you know, it's 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 one thing if it's a team like United beating us, who, and I'm not I'm not going to say we're out of the race, but I'm very uh, conservative in my hopes for us to get top four. Still, um, really, it's going to be a stretch. It's going to be it's going to be tough to get Europa League still, honestly. Um, but that being said, United beat us. You know, Leicester didn't. It wasn't West Ham. It wasn't Liverpool. It wasn't one of those teams this time. So the good mm-hmm. news is United is already kind of up there. It's not like losing to them meant that they got points that we should have got. Uh, right. That's true. We got, like a double got game. We should have got those points, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's it's tough. But let's move on to the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Well, one thing, I, want, one thing I do want to say is that, uh, I mean, Craig was talking about how vital Cavani was and has been to United recently. And, you know, he's only under – contract for this year so i mean it's really important to if united want to maintain their levels that they've achieved this year i think they need to bring cavani back or a, a striker of similar quality um or, or sign yeah, maybe maybe yeah. someone maybe from Kane. north london we'll see, we'll maybe see. someone who's looking to leave north london <laughs> if harry yeah. can leave spurs for another premier league team that would just be heartbreaking <laughs> just absolutely heartbreaking there's there might be a higher chance than we than you would want. <laughs> well, apparently Poch gave him a phone call a couple nights ago to talk about his future. Mm, and if I saw him that going would to be PSG might be the place to go. 
Yeah, that would be a hard thing for him to turn down, especially if they win the Champions League this year. Speaking well, of. Yeah, speaking of Champions League. What, what a great what? segue. Yeah, oh my God. It's almost like we've done this nine times. <laughs> Getting the hang of it. Um, but yeah, so we'll talk about Porto versus Chelsea really quickly. Uh, Chelsea ended up losing actually to the, the second leg, 0-1, but they hold on to advance and they will face PSG in the uh in the semifinals now right so yeah can i just say by the way that i mean i'll credit to chelsea blah 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 like you know great win or over the two legs that porto goal is i'm not i'm not exaggerating that's one of the best goals i've ever watched live um that bicycle kick was just in, like if, if ronaldo to be fair he is getting credit but if ronaldo does that I mean, it's just, it would just be the biggest news in the world and it would continue to be for a while. And it's so sad, so sad that they lost the game after that goal, because if they won the game after that goal, it would like, it would, or it deserved to go down in like Champions League history, just like the Ronaldo bicycle kicks go down in Champions League history. Um, But what a goal give, you know, massive credit, but they lost. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That goal is great. Uh, I mean, I hate Chelsea to death, but I guess good for them to get to the semifinals. <laughs> they got a tough test now coming up versus PSG, who really looked so deadly, even though, you know, they actually, they also lost this leg, right? So they won on away goals. Um, but, man, Neymar hit the post twice. Like, if, oh, my gosh. I think that of, all, of the teams remaining, including City, I think PSG would scare me the most if I had to go up against them, just because you look at the the firepower that they have as with two of arguably like the top four or five attackers in the world right now on the same team. Scary. This is really scary. They're scary. Yeah. You say you say that. Go ahead. Sorry. Craig. Go ahead, Craig. I was just gonna say, Clay. You said that you mentioned they lost the game, and yeah, they did, like one zero, but. I mean, realistically, they should have won that game like four five one. Like the chances they they it was just parts of the game they were just like unplayable. Neymar hit the post like three times. Mbappe had that crazy like decision ruled offside for no reason. Like there's a ninety eight percent chance in my mind that he would have scored that if they had just played on, but they didn't. Um, they had another couple like really good chances go begging in the in the second half. Like they could have easily scored three or four. Plus, um, it was just, and they did, you know, they only conceded one when they needed to defend, they defended and, you know, they were relatively good. So yeah, yeah. they're very, yeah. very scary team. I mean, you know, like you see their attacking, they showed their attacking venom in the first leg where they, I mean, that game was insane to watch. The PSG Bayern first leg was almost like a game of FIFA, you know, like end to end shots everywhere. I mean, the Bayern had what, 30 something shots and they lost right yeah so um give both give both teams credit for sure for a yeah. very very entertaining like it lived up to both legs lived up to the to its name like psg byron it was very very entertaining yeah but in the end i think byron just really were missing out on Lewandowski, who is i mean really hard to replace um, yeah. yeah especially with the role he plays um yeah, no, I, I I think it's cool to see with PSG. They've always been a team that's like, why are they not better than they are, you know? Why are they not, like, winning the Champions League every year? 
because they just mm-hmm. have the they have the squad for it. But uh, you got to know, you know, when a manager like Pochettino comes in, who's known for just that that creating that mentality, creating that atmosphere at the club, that culture, that team culture, you can see it, and it is like dangerous to look at. You know, yeah, um, you can see it happening already. He's only been there for a few months. Um, to and now you're his- seeing Neymar renewing his contract again, so he's going to be staying for a while. Uh, Mbappe is still yet to renew his contract, but I guess if Neymar's I mean, Neymar staying definitely increases his chances of staying. Um, you, know, you, you also look at a couple of improvements uh, in other positions that Pochettino wants. P- might get Delhi this summer if he decides to leave. Might get Hugo if any. If there's any truth to Harry Kane rumors, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I saw they, a funny meme uh, of Pochettino and the owner of PSG on the plane, and they were talking, and Poch was saying, "So you mean to tell me that I tell you who I want and you buy them?" <laughs> <laughs> and it yeah. was just, made me chuckle because I'm sure he had much different conversations with Levy. Yeah. Well, you got to think too. Yeah, definitely different conversation. But you got to think, Clay, as well. Like PSG. I know Pochettino is not a Tottenham player, but he was a Tottenham person. And you've got to think that like, they look out and see, you know, somebody leaving Tottenham after all these years, not winning, not winning a trophy, going like literally, like you said, going to a new club, a big club. And in a few months, potentially winning like two or three trophies right away, like big trophies as well. Um, like you got to think like how that affects some of the big players, like Harry Kane or someone. It's like, like you know, he's a manager, but like, would it be the same thing for me as a player as well? Yeah, it's the grass greener on the other side, you know. But yeah, for sure. But if it's PhD, there's lots of grass over there because I got a lot of money, so <laughs> I can buy anyone they want. True. <laughs> but all right. Let's move on to Dortmund versus Manchester City. Um, hmm. What, dude? Did you see the Jude Bellingham goal? I yeah, great goal. He's he's what a player. He's a brilliant player. Like up and, and just yet another bright England attacking talent. Who I think he was actually he was in the he was called up to the England squad for these last um, friend, or international games, but he was injured anyway. So like, I mean, Garrett Southgate's got tougher decisions than right back to make and right back is a very tough decision but as hard as that gets he's even got tougher decisions up front but yeah Jude Bellingham great goal overall both games had some very controversial decisions in City's favor um the last week with the disallowed goal that shouldn't have been disallowed for Bellingham again and this week with the penalty but I mean I've got to say as a neutral overall City like deserved to go through they're definitely the better team um, and you know, sometimes it's just part of football. You got to have luck on your side. Um, they always say the great teams seem to be the luckiest teams. So, um, you can't really say the city didn't deserve it because they've been very good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I guess finally the Liverpool Madrid game just concluded about an hour and 20 minutes ago. Uh, mm. yeah, I mean, Hey, yeah. Clay, what do you got to say about this? <laughs> yeah, okay. So I got to say, I got my hopes up for this game, you know, because I on my Twitter feed, I'm following like all the soccer accounts that I follow primarily are a little bit biased towards Liverpool, you know, right? So they're <laughs> like, okay, like, let's get up. Let's get up. We're going to have another magical European night at Anfield. And I really believed it, you know. I thought that we could – 
do the the Spanish double, I guess, by one once we come back on Barcelona in the next two years, two years later, <laughs> we come back on uh, Real Madrid, and that would be pretty sweet. Um, and I could already see the headlines and stuff in my in my dreams. But man, I actually think that Liverpool played really well, and they definitely you can't say that they didn't create the chances to win. They especially in the first half. I mean, Mohamed Salah had two two chances. One was like at the very beginning of the game where he was put through and just couldn't beat Courtois. And then the other one, I guess he couldn't dig it out of his feet and just skied the ball over the bar. And then I know at the very end of the first half, Wijnaldum did the same thing, just blasted the ball over the bar. And overall, they had enough chances and enough creativity, but they just have enough quality to, to finish, you know. It was, I mean, Craig told me this, but I kind of agree with them. It was one of the worst finishing performances Craig said he's seen in a while. Um, you know, Craig likes to exaggerate a little bit. So he said he's ever seen. He said, this is one of the worst finishing performances I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't go that far, but... It was horrendous. Yeah, I wouldn't go that the finishing, far, but... The finishing. I mean, man, you can't say that Liverpool didn't go out and have a go at Madrid. And I mean, they really, I think overall, they controlled the game. Like, aside from one or two chances from Madrid... Like they were the ones who were really showing the conviction to go forward and stuff. But I guess that's part of the luxury that Madrid had by earning the 3-1 lead in the first leg. They could just sit back and defend. Um, but even then, like Liverpool still were able to get enough chances where I think that they it could have been feasible to see them winning the like seeing getting the requisite two goals they needed to get win on away goals and go through. But yeah, in the end, they just didn't have the infield magic that they they seem to have, or almost every single time. Like every, I think that a lot of that can be attributed to the lack of fans and you know that that stadium. Almost as if Burnley knocked it out of them. <laughs> um, I think that it's the, I mean the the European nights at Anfield are something different, especially when like you're the underdogs. Uh, I mean, we saw them almost come back last year versus Atletico Madrid. Um, you know, they ended up heartbreakingly losing, but like they they bring it, especially when the fans are there. Uh, and I think that tonight was one of the nights where we really saw the the loss of the lack of fans as a big negative, especially for Liverpool. It's a team who really do feed off the energy from the crowd. Um, but yeah, so I and seeing the bright side. Now they can really focus on the remaining what seven games in the prem and really try to win all of them and and finish in the top four. I mean, if you look at their run and I think they have compared to the other teams that they're competing against for the Champions League spot, they have a, a much easier run in. The only team that they have to play that's in the top six, I think, is United, and that should be an easy win. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but. Um. You know, yeah. I just thought about it as you were talking. Uh, now that they're out of the Champions League, Liverpool could not be in Champions League next year. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? Yeah, it is. And I mean, I'm honestly, I'm nervous to see think about that because you know a lot of players. If you're not playing in Champions League, they don't want to. They don't want to come to you. A lot of the top tier players, like that, is a box you must check to even be on the list, right? You think Klopp is any sort of an issue with uh, Liverpool's form this year? I don't think you can really blame Klopp 
for what's happened to Liverpool this year. I think it's a combination of unfortunate injuries at unfortunate times. I mean, it's really hard to replace your first and second choice center backs and then your third choice center back continuously getting injured and then finally being out for the year. So really we're playing youth players in center backs or a team, a player loaned in from Schalke, who is like one of the historically worst teams in the Bundesliga. Um, uh, it's true. Like this guy, I mean, Kabak has actually been pretty good for Liverpool, but he <laughs> has like this not been surrounded by the winning culture that you need to, I mean, it's really hard to go from a team that where you go into every game almost expecting to lose. And then you come into another team where you're expected to win every game. It's really hard. Um, especially for a team who plays a style that Liverpool does that naturally exposes the center back position and you have to be on top of your game in order not to concede goals. Um, and I also do think that the absence of Jordan Henderson, I mean, he's been out for a while has, I mean, the captain has really hurt the team. And like I said, no fans in Anfield. This is, isn't the same. And like, it's really hard to play the heavy metal football without feeding off your the energy from the crowd. So it's a combination of things. I don't think that Klopp's to blame. Uh, hopefully next year we'll have fans in the stadiums and be able to give it a go. For sure. I'll be interested to see how this, uh, this pans out because a lot of things can happen in a lot of ways. And I think it will come down to goal differential. And I also think it might come down to the last game, at least for the Europa League spot. Um, because Spurs play Leicester, uh, you know, it, it's, it's tight. It's going to be fun. Yeah, and I know a lot of the teams in the top six or eight still have to play each other. Um, I know West Ham has to play Chelsea still, and some other teams are playing, like, City and stuff. So there will be points dropped. It's just a matter of how, in my opinion, like, it's a guarantee in those those games where two top teams are that you're buying against are playing against each other. They're going to drop points, right? It's impossible for them both to win. So it's really in Liverpool's hands to to get the points that they need to win all the games left um, and really make it. I think it's imperative that they finish top four this year. Um, but yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, this. Keep in mind, this is like still on track to be one of the worst ever. Like. Premier League title defenses in history. So they've got to, like, just, if anything, obviously for Champions League football, but also just for, like, pride's sake. Um, like, you can't follow it up, really, with that. I mean, it's, yeah. But, so hopefully they don't. Also, apologies to apologies to all um, the Shaka fans out there who might be listening to our to our podcast. <laughs> Hope you weren't too offended by, by Clay's comments. But, um I think that's it, right? Oh no, we got to do predictions. So now we got. So we finally have our our final four. Unfortunately, uh, Clay's Liverpool team did not make it in. Um, but is that so? Clay Troyer and I team. I was gonna. Well, it might be. Yeah, it might be for the best. And Clay Troyer and my team weren't anywhere close to it anyway. So we know what it feels like. But we got Chelsea, Madrid, and City, PSG. Two. I mean, pretty massive games. What do you guys think? Clay Troy, let's go to you. Uh, predict, give me a prediction for both games and a, and a winner. I kind of have a feeling Chelsea will beat Madrid. Um, Ooh. And I, I think it's a no-brainer. PSG will beat City. Uh, this is kind of the City's prime time to choke. 
Um, <laughs> they do that a lot in this spot right here they're in. And it'd be one thing if they were playing Madrid or Chelsea, but they have to play PSG, which we've already talked about, I think is becoming the giant that um, they've always mm-hmm. kind of had the potential to be. Uh, but I think PSG will win the win it all. Finally, they might they might finally play right. So I, oh man, I don't know. It, I think that Madrid have really been hit by the injury bug recently. You know, they haven't had Eden Hazard for a really long time, pretty much since he since he signed. But also Sergio Ramos is injured. It depends on if he's back. I think that all in all. Man, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a tight two legs between Chelsea and Madrid, but I'm going to give it to Real Madrid just because of, you know, they've won it 13 times. They have the the firepower – or in their name, they have the firepower. Um, and I think they do have enough quality in their squad to pull it through just barely. And then I'm also going to choose PSG in the oil bowl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. I just think that sometimes City, in like when when City gets deep into the Champions League, sometimes Pep tries to be too cute um, with what he does in his team selection. And like I said earlier, I would not be more afraid than I would be if I had to face PSG over two legs, just with mm. the Neymar and Mbappe combo and what Pochettino has been able to do with them defensively and all that stuff. I mean, mind you, like they were missing some players due to COVID versus versus Bayern. So like, I don't know. I think it's going to be Real Madrid, PSG. And then I see PSG kind of pulling a Liverpool of a few years ago where they lost in the Champions League final and then the next year they won it. So, yeah. Craig? Oh, I really don't know. I, I I'm... Well, I'm definitely going to pick Madrid and the Madrid-Chelsea. Um, there's a lot of things, actually, but, like, there's so many things about Chelsea. Like, the last time they won the Champions League, this, that, new young manager, middle of the season, they beat a Portuguese team, blah, blah, blah. All these, like, stars are lining up um, for Chelsea to potentially win. But And maybe they will. But I just, I don't know. I think Madrid is just I, – I think they've actually looked really good recently. Um, they're back on the top of the league, which is huge. They're, they're finding some good form. They're finding some good confidence. And there's, like, more than anything, there's just so many winners in that team and, like, so much experience. And to cap it all off, they've got Zidane coaching them, who is just a pure winner, as not even just as a player, but as a coach. Like, he literally went straight into coaching and won, you know, three straight um, Champions League trophies. And so I think just because they're just winners sometimes winners just tend to pull it out and i think they'll pull it out because of that um psc city is a hard one because you know every you guys are saying how city you know chokes but i think if there's one team that has proved to choke in the champions league more than city it's going to be psg um they've you know but maybe this is finally their year so maybe i think city have a good chance but i'll go with you guys i'll back psg and then i'm actually gonna go for the crazy end back Madrid to win it all. I just, I have a feeling that they're going to pull it off. It's not been a fantastic season for them, but I think they're starting to pull it together. And I think Zidane's going to get them another Champions League trophy. That could very well be the case. It'll be interesting to see the, the, the semifinals and what ends up happening with that and with the top four of the Prem. There's still a lot to be decided. Um, 
And yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up with the last Who Am I segment, right, guys? Yep. All right. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. We got one more Who Am I. One more Who Am I. What's, give, give us the score update. Cliff. All right. So, score update through today, or most recent score update is 42 points for me, 36 points for Craig, four for Hamat, and Clay still with the goose egg. Um, but he's so only been what, here for one, six, one round, so it's okay. Uh, so I'm six points behind you? You're six points behind me. I'm starting to edge out my Jeez. lead here. Um, oh, all yeah. because of stupid Steven Bergwijn. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. Who went last Who went last, last time? I think I did, right? I think I'll you did, yeah. This time. Okay, okay. So the first, eight, first clue is your, your player's age. And what's the, what? Give me, just tell me all the clues in order, real quick. So it goes age, position, nationality, jersey number, team. Okay. This player is twenty-four years old. And then twenty-four-year-old. Play right. You go first. Okay, twenty-four-year-old. All right. I'm gonna go with. I don't know. Maybe he's a little bit older than this. Probably way too obvious. Man, okay, I'm just looking into it. Uh, Jack Grealish. Tis not, tis not. Other clay. Hmm. I don't know. This is a tough one. I hate the age one because it's, it's so hard. Yeah, it doesn't really give him. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I don't know how old Declan Rice is, but you like West Ham, so let's go with him. Mm, it's not Declan Rice either. All right, so we move on to the second clue, um, which is good. So, click right, you can't get six points. Or you... What's the next clue? Position. Position. Um, this player plays as a forward in the Premier League. All right, Clay Troy is your guest first. A forward in the Premier League. In the top half. In the top half plus Aston Villa. <laughs> Leeds in the top half right now? They're not. Yes. Are they? Yeah, um, they are. They're in 10th. They are? They okay. are They are 10th place. Uh, Patrick Manford? Patrick Bamford is not Patrick Bamford. How old is he? He's, he's older, I think. Let me look him up. Uh, yeah, he's 26 or 27. Yeah. Oh, he's 27. Wow. All right. I'm going to go, man, 24 year old forward. I'm trying to think of like semi, I, I mean, it's crazy that 24 is only semi young. You think like 24 is pretty yeah. young, but, um, is it Ian Acho? No way. Is it actually? Oh, oh How have you gone and done that? How is oh dude? Okay, if you think about that forwards before? that are younger, I was thinking maybe Ferran Torres from City. We just like go down the table. That I maybe Dan James. I don't know how old he is. Ian Nacho, but you like to choose players that are a little bit more obscure. So that's why I got that one. 
Yeah, but he's not so obscure because he's been scoring a lot of goals lately. I thought it would be like a double bluff. I don't know. Oh, I've not done well today. Not good. I get four points there. I'm better than me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, no, one of you guys, new. you're new. One of you guys is gonna. This is your first these. time. Yeah, one of you guys is gonna get these. This guy, because I have to give the clue. And my player. Is, <laughs> That's true. My player is 25. Oh, uh, so who goes first? Uh, let's have Craig go first. A 25-year-old, eh? Um. 25. Is anyone going to go for a City or United player, or are we all just going to go for? That's that's the issue. I feel like no one's going to go for a City or United. 25-year-old. Um, City, United, Leicester, West Ham, Chelsea, Liverpool, Ooh, Liverpool. No, but Robertson's like 27. Tottenham, Everton, Arsenal, Leeds, Villa. Um, 25-year-old. I Well, I got to just go for a guess. So I'll go for, I'll go for James Madison, but he's definitely younger. I think he's... He's not James Clay. I just can't think of anyone else. Yeah, I'm struggling to find a think of a 25 year old. Let's go by team. I don't oh, know. James Madison's 24. Huh? That wasn't that far off. Yeah, you I said James Madison's 24. So. Let's go with Traore. Adama? Oh. Yeah. Well, but Wolves aren't in the top half, silly. You just oh, they're not in the top half. You're right. Oh. Stupid uh, guess. Stupid guess. Not the right answer, obviously. <laughs> Who is it? Oh, wait. No, wait. Go to next clue. Go to next clue. Okay. Next clue is his what? Position? Yes, position. Yeah. My player plays right back and left back. Oh. Right back and left back. Clay, you go first this time. Ugh. I think I might know who it is. I know Clay Troy likes this player. No, why, why are you giving clues? Okay, why are you okay. giving clues? I'm, this is your clue, too. No, see, he's trying to make sure I don't get the points. Unbelievable. You no, know, I do like this player. Me? Yeah, I do like this I don't player. Actually know. I don't know. Why do you say... <laughs> It might have thrown you off more than helped you out there. <laughs> I know. Now I'm thinking of like some players I like. Bergwine. Oh, you know what? It might have been Hamant that likes this player. I forget. One of our guests likes him. <laughs> oh, clear, right? You've had a stinker here. <laughs> <laughs> he can play right and left back. So no one at Tottenham. Wait, what's that? Oh, the Jeopardy music. Dal Cancelo? 
Not Jock and Solo. That's a good guess, though. Okay, I think I know who it is. I'm like 99% sure. How old is Kinchella? Is it? I don't know. How old is he? 26. Close. Oh, not far. Is, this better guess? be right. Claire Wright, for right. the win, is it Timothy Castagna? Can you repeat that? <laughs> is it is it is it Castagna on Leicester? Yes. Oh my god. Yes! Um, yes. You do like him, right? I thought you did. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I love did. him. Yeah. I love yeah. him. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't Clay, how do you not think of him? I didn't think he played both both outside backs. Yeah, he plays both. I remember you saying you liked them all. I was literally thinking about him. I was like, Castagne, and I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure he's just a right back. But. <laughs> oh, let's go. I needed those points. Yeah, you did. Oh, you did need those points. Wait, so, so how close am I to you now? So it's 46-40. Clay Troy is gonna, not going to win one this week, but maybe next time. Next time. All <laughs> next right. time, next time. I got, I got my guy, so. All right, let's do it. He is 34. Oh, my oh, God. Jeez. Who's going first, me or Clay? I think you right. went first last time, right, Clay? Right. First. 34. I mean, I know there's one player who I know for a fact is 34 years old. So I'm going to guess him. Is it Olivier Giroud? Yep. <laughs> oh, yes! yes. I suck at this game. Let's go. No, no, no. It's because I did him for I – did, I did Olivier Giroud for one of – or who am I a couple a few weeks ago? That's the only reason I thought of him. Because wow. I knew 34. That's the only reason I thought of him is because I I looked up his age for a who am I a few weeks ago. Oh brother. That's right. huge. Clay, were you gonna guess him or did you have someone else? No, I was gonna guess Milner probably, but um I think he's a little bit older than mm. me. Or a little bit younger. I'm not really sure. We'll see. You'll oh, never know. Let's go. Okay. So now what brings you the score now? So that brings you to 45 points, and I'm just ahead at 46 throughout the year. Ooh. And we said that we're gonna do a, a, that. We're gonna end this scoring t- tally at the end of the, of the end of the season. So it's a little mm. bit of time. I'll take that. I'll take that. That's a good comeback from the loss at the beginning. We got a good title race going on. More more exciting than more exciting than the real one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, that was good. All right, well, Clay Troyer, thanks again, as always, for coming on. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, guys. It's always fun. Always a great time. Thanks for entertaining us with that virtual background as well that the audience can't see, but a nice, brilliant Tottenham Hotspur Stadium background. Of course. Always a good time. Hopefully hopefully, um, hopefully, the stadium sees some better times as well in the future, so the next time you come on, it's yeah. you've got more positive things to say, but... There's a very good chance um, that next time I come on, if I come on again this season, I'll be ecstatic with how well we've played. So, <laughs> no, dude, he's always been a Tottenham fan. Yeah. <laughs> everyone, right, well, thanks go. again, everyone, for listening. Everyone, be what? sure to go give uh, Clay and his friend Matt, or our friend Matt, uh, a follow on all the podcast networks at what's it called, Tottenham Talk? On YouTube. They're on YouTube. And they're on YouTube. Yeah, yeah our, so. our Twitter and Instagram is underscore Tottenham underscore talk. So, yep. Yeah, we should probably yeah, our Twitter give them. too, Craig. Um, our Twitter handle is at CC Foot Podcast. So, you know, we'll be tweeting semi regularly. 
Um, give us a follow. Give us a like if you want. Maybe even a retweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for everybody for listening and we'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>